Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Good to be back in the USA again. Um, I've got some very exciting things to share with you about our trip to Swaziland. Actually, it's called Eswatini now. Uh, they've abandoned the old Brits name uh, the English gave to them many years ago, and once they got out of there, they made it African again. Eswatini is the name of it. And um, so we, Bud and Melinda and I, they were in the early service, um, went together, and our, our endeavor was to seek out some property, some real estate there um, to get so that we could build a church, Bible school, and some other ministry facilities. But I'll get to that in just a moment. But before that happened, we flew into um, Johannesburg on, uh, well, we left, we flew out of here Friday, I mean Monday, the 17th, and got to Joburg two days later. I don't know. Time in an airplane, you, know, so you lose all sense of where you are. It was a 23-hour flight total. So anyway, I think by Wednesday, yeah, we were in South Africa. And we went out to this place. It's a great ministry there. The, it's a game reserve called Shikwari, and where they do guided hunts, and all of the proceeds go to feed several orphans. Um, and they have other ministries, but they feed, they're responsible for feeding somewhere around 400,000 orphans. It's an incredible ministry that they've got. Um, so I had the, the fortunate experience to feed some orphans. But I won't share the video because some of you just couldn't take it. Anyway, all I'll say is I fed orphans. <laughs> Let's do it the PC way. <laughs> anyway, uh, wasn't expecting to do that. Bud surprised me and uh, put me on a guided hunt. It was amazing. Just an incredible experience. So if you want to see the video, I'll show it to you after service. Um, but so once, and then and we, that happened in one of the mornings there, and, and it was just great. I was just thanking God, and, and I was... Bud and Melinda got tired, so they wanted to go back to our little area and sleep. But I was so excited about that whole experience. I was like, I can't go to sleep right now. I'm still on this high, you know, so I'll just go take a nature walk. A nature walk in the United States and a nature walk in wild Africa. Um, it's a different deal. So I leave my little cabin. I'm just walking down this dirt trail, you know, just thinking about that whole experience and about what we're here to do and just praying and meditating. And I get maybe three quarters of a mile away and I'm out and just in this brush, you know, and I hear this low growl. Like the moment I heard it, my inside shook. Hair stands up. I'm looking around and about 30 yards, there's a leopard. There's no fence between me and this leopard. And all of a sudden the hunter has become the hunted. So I reach in my pocket because my thought was, hey, if you're going to go on a walk, you need to take your knife with you. I have a nice big pocket knife. And I left it at the cabin. So I, it's, this is all happening in split seconds, right? And so I, 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 all of a sudden, I, I, this is the most vulnerable I've ever felt in my life, right? Just scared out of my mind. But then thinking, don't panic. Don't just run. What do you do? So I first you say, Jesus. That's, I rec highly recommend just saying that name. And 
And he kind of turns sideways and starts to kind of trot over this way. So I'm thinking, what, what's he doing? What is he doing? <laughs> is he going to do a sneak attack? Is he going to? So I just thought, just be casual as you can as you're doing this, right? Like, just, just be casual about it. <laughs> go, Jesus, Jesus. Just trying to. So I get off of the trail and I'm just walking through some high grass thinking just, you know, get away, get out of sight as quickly as possible, get into these trees. And then as I'm walking, I keep remembering hearing about, we got black mambas out here. Like, oh gosh, don't let me run into a black mamba. I don't know where I'm stepping. And fortunately, oh, I remembered one thing, one thing uh, I'd heard on the radio actually about two weeks ago because there was a man who had uh, had an encounter with a mountain lion somewhere here in the U.S., and some tips that he learned. He survived the event. And from what I can remember, all of a sudden was to, if ever attacked by a big cat, like offer them one of your arms. Just let them have this arm, pick up a rock, and beat it over the head with that. So I just reached down and pick up this round rock. I'm like, you can have this, but you can't have this. <laughs> and finally, fortunately, sneaked back to the cabin unharmed. Yeah. Thank God. But Heather was definitely glad to know that we're all paid up on life insurance. So she was kind of like, hmm, so, so close. But so a couple of days later, we go into Eswatini. It was maybe about a, a four hour drive to get there. And to where Collins and Ethan live. And y'all remember Collins and Ethan who were part of our church for the last three years. And Bud and Melinda had lived in Africa for about two and a half years in Swaziland in that area and done a lot of ministry. Bud is a construction man. He built lots of facilities there. As a matter of fact, after a while, I just had to ask him because we'd be driving to a church to go minister. And I mean, long way and all the way out in the bush and stuff, you know, just like real rough country. And, and as we're driving out there, he'd say, hey, pastor, look, I built that church. And then we drive several miles. He says, hey, you see that church? I built that church. I finally said, how many churches did you build? He said, about 30. And most of them were in Eswatini. And the Lord just gave me a new appreciation for people like this who are in our church and, you know, made a great connection with them. And then to, to meet the pastors who are so grateful to Bud and Melinda, and just loved all over them. I'm just watching the fruit from their ministry, their years. And, and of course, that's been five years ago that, that, that they lived there. And, you know, time kind of got away from them. And they were planning on going back soon. But then, you know, when you got 13 grandkids, it's hard to leave that, according to Melinda. And um, so they decided to get two from Swaziland over here, get them at Christ for the Nations, get them trained up, get them equipped and then send them back because this would be a long-term kind of ministry, a long-term kind of investment. You know, rather than these short you know, mission trips, which are, are great and effective, but you can only do so much when you're there eight days, right? But these boys, they're homeland boys. They're, they're sons of this country. And uh, so we get them trained up, and I just couldn't believe three years has gone by just like that. And, and three years ago, we decided, we were proclaiming here, we're going to have one cause church, Swaziland. And we're going to build something. Well, along the way, Christ for the Nations asked Collins to become the director of Christ for the Nations Swaziland. And I keep calling it Swaziland. You just have to forgive me. It's the only way I've known it for many years. And so he got sent back there to not only pastor a church, but to direct a Bible college. And they're, they're, they're giving him all the books and all that to get it started. 
So we went to get real estate. We wanted to see what's available. And Bud has several connections, but even he didn't, wasn't real sure what we'd come into because it had been five years. And so we just prayed. said, Lord, you know, direct our steps. Um, we're just going to try something. And so last Monday was going to be day one that we started. We'd, I'd preached several places. We were going to start that day, go find a realtor, and then just let them drive us around and show us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'd kind of blocked off to just hunt property. Collins said, Pastor, uh, there's a, one of my friends here. I'm going to give you the connection. My friend's brother's father-in-law um, is a pastor, and he's got some property he's willing to maybe even give us if, if we'll meet up with him. And we said, well, there's a start. Let's, let's go see what that's like. So Monday afternoon, a little after 2.30 or 3 o'clock, we drive out to this property, and it's, it, immediately we're interested because it's only about a quarter of a mile off the main highway. And you kind of drive up so it's visible and surrounded by these mountains. And we get out there, and we're looking at each other because the beauty of this property was overwhelming. And we're looking around like, this is, this is it. Wow, this is amazing. Meet the pastor who has a church down the lower part of this property, doesn't even have a floor in it. And he said, if you will improve my building, I'll give you this property. About 10 acres. And I mean some of the prettiest land you've ever seen in your life. And we just stood there in awe. Like, what are we going to do Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? <laughs> just like that. Locked in, done. So we're, we're having bulldozers go out there. Oh, the next couple of months, they're going to get us a good flat piece on top. We'll build a church and Christ for the Nations there. One Cause Church is going is to be coming up. And let, let me show you a picture of the man. Um, unfortunately, me nor Bud nor Linda know his name. So I called him Billy Bob. <laughs> sweet, sweet man. And the Lord gave me a word for him there, so I was just prophesying to him. Um, about his the generations of his children are going to be blessed because of this. And, um, and he said, for 30 years, I've dreamed that there would be a Bible college on this property. 30 years. And we just walked right into it. I mean, just walked right into it. And I'll show that one with all of us, if you would. And next, see the mountain there behind us? Melinda's not in this picture because she's taking the picture. But you see Collins on the left. Boy, that boy's got some work cut out for him. He's going to be pastoring and directing a Bible school. So um, we're very excited. And this is some of the family of the man who gave us. And we're going to name the facility like the sanctuary after his name. And um, we're partnering with him. And in this new building, we're actually doing better than just improving their building. We're building a building. And we're going to share it with them. He's, they're going to do a, a service in... Uh, Swazilandish language, and and then uh, Collins will do a an English speaking service. So we're just partnering together. It's going to be great, and you're a part of that. Yeah. All those seeds sown, you know, Bud and Melinda, they bore the weight of the financial responsibility getting them here, and then paying for them to be at Christ for the Nations full time students for three years is a lot of money. But then we all had opportunities too from time to time to help give, and I want to thank you for your giving because uh, the work is beginning. And um, very excited for these young men.
two days later on Wednesday, um, went out to um, a, a high school to preach. Sweetest kids. I mean, we, I felt like we were about to drop off the back of the planet. We were so far out in nowhere land, right on the border, actually right on the border of Mozambique. We we're up in the mountains and uh, see the border right there. And, and this is where Collins went to high school. And this doesn't look like McKinney North, you know, or nothing like that. You're just, you're just driving through. There's trees. There's little huts here and there. And all of a sudden, boom, we drove up on this school. And is anybody out here? And 400 plus students come marching out and they line them up in single file rows like this. And then they invite me to come just speak to them. And they're all standing there just like, can you imagine having to be in church standing single file for the service? Like, and, this is what the, and so I thought, well, I wasn't going to preach an hour, but I'll change it to about 20 minutes. Uh, anyway, and got to, got to preach and interacted with the kids. We just had a lot, of, a lot of fun. They sang a song that was so sweet. And then Colin said, I'd like to go see my grandparents, which was just maybe a couple miles down the road in this really, really very poor area here, just little huts with dirt floors, you know, and thatch roofs. And, uh, I mean, you, you know, your mind... You're thinking, this is 2019. Wow. It's still so primitive in some areas. And I said, this is where you lived when you went to school? He said, yeah, that's where I lived. Like four little huts there. And um, met his, his grandparents and his grandfather told Collins to tell us, the chief here um, knows that y'all are here, and he has donated some property here for you to build a church. <laughs> so in two days, Monday and Wednesday, we had two pieces of property fully given to us. Yeah, God is amazing. And as this is happening, I, I was taken back to, the Lord reminded me when we opened this year, we did a whole series called The Door is Open. Sometimes that door is in Africa, but it's open. The door is open. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Verse 9, he said, For a great and effective door has been opened to me, and there and there are many <laughs> adversaries. Now, we didn't face, really, any adversarial opposition, except for that leopard. Uh, <laughs> any adversarial opposition. But I'm not stupid to think it's not coming. Right? I mean, we're here to take ground, and we have taken ground, literally. But spiritually, we're going to be moving back the forces of darkness. We're going to be staking claim for the king and his kingdom, for the church of the living God. And the enemy is not going to like that. So he's going to oppose us, as he always does. But he loses. He's already lost. See, we're on the winning side. That's why we do this unafraid. That's why we do this unashamed. That's why we do this by faith, because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Well, did he do it or did he not? Yeah, he did it, but we are here as his body in the earth to continue to evoke and enforce that victory that we have. Amen. See, the enemy, the enemy is a liar. And he'll say things to you like, like he's got the upper hand on you. And most of what he says is accusatory towards you to make you feel small to make you feel like you can't, to make you feel like it's too late, to make you feel like you're hopeless. But he is a liar. That's all he is. And when he lies to you, Christian, let me remind you, that's a good time for you to speak up and say, thank you for 
reminding me of what the lie is. Here's the truth. I have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, liar. Now I know the truth since you've told me the lie. And since that can't be true, what God has said is true. And the scripture actually says it's impossible for God to lie. As much as I think about the work that has to be done, not only here, but there in Africa, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming to think about, Lord, this is a, this is a big undertaking. But then I'm reminded, he who began the good work will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is his responsibility. This is his deal. All he needs us to do is partner with him and say, yes, sir, where you send us, we'll go. What do you tell us to say? That's what we're going to say. Whatever you want us to do, Lord, we will do that. And as we do it, we find the door is open, the door is open, the door is open. And many times, as we saw from this scripture, and today I've just titled this message, A Friendly Reminder, The Door is Open. All right? Because this started something in our church this year. Uh, I I mean, there was a, especially throughout this series, especially when Alex preached in it, uh, there was just a massive spiritual shift, you know? And from, from saying all, from, from our confession of faith, which you got to hold on to that confession of faith, you got to hold fast to it, to making decisions and just moving in faith and then watching God show you what it's like to walk through that open door that's available. And so I was brought back to that again. So I just want to remind you today, the door is open. Be decisive in faith. Believe what God has said. Believe his word because anything's possible. But he needs our part in this deal. I would love for all of you to go. And I hope that most of you, if not all of you, get the opportunity to go. So we're going to be, our plan is to go twice a year. Bud is going to be setting that up. And our next move is to, once we get it excavated, to take a team there maybe as late as the end of this year and uh, start building, start putting buildings up. And right now, uh, the do- our dollar is very strong in South Africa. I mean, um, it's 14 to 1 right now. Uh, the rand is, um, when Bud and Melinda lived there, it was only 6 to 1. So I'm, I'm just telling you, we are in a good position right now to do something, uh, to invest in it and, with, and without breaking our own bank. I mean, just putting something in and all of us pulling our, our efforts together, we can get this thing done. So I'm very excited about that. And um, uh, bring up Galatians, if you would, Brooke, because this, this is something that just came up in my spirit uh, from Galatians chapter 2. And this is where Paul is helping us understand how the gospel was preached to the Jew and also to the Gentile, to the uncircumcised and the circumcised. And he says, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. So he says, Peter's ministry was to the Jews. My ministry was to the Gentiles. Verse 9. Now we're going to see it expanded a little bit. And when James Cephas, who is Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So they all got in their lane, right? They got in their calling. We're called to the Jews. Okay, you're called to the Gentiles. Now let's go. Let's, let's do it. Partnership. We're going to give you the right hand of fellowship. We're in this thing together. We're not fighting each other, but we understand our message is a little bit different. Christ is the substance of that message, but to the Jew, it's repent, be baptized. To the Gentile, it's believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10, watch. They desired only that we should what? Remember the poor. Both of these gospels have in their essence, remember the poor. 
remember the poor. The very thing I was eager to do. We have a chance to be eager about this. To pull our efforts together and change a nation. Change a nation. Not only our nation, but a whole other continent. So, again... We'll be talking. We'll be giving reports and talking about these things. Like I said, next week I'll show you some video, and so we you, we have a video of the whole piece of property that we got of of that and Belinda, Belinda call her Bud, Bud Linda, um, and and some other pictures. Anyway, just extraordinary what God did for us, and it's it's massive, and we we understand that this is going to take a big effort with many people together to get this accomplished, but. The door's open. So if you can't go, send somebody to go. All right? And let's get the kingdom expanded and the church built. Amen. Amen. Lastly, I want to go to one last scripture. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to leave this to encourage you today. It started with, we're going to build a church in Africa. And three years later, three years later, you know, that's why you got to hold fast the confession of your faith. Because your words build something. They create. As you're made in God's image, God speaks, things are created. You speak, you create things. Amen. Now watch this. This is a powerful thing. This helps us understand God. You know, I don't, religious teachers taught me through the years, God doesn't need us. God doesn't need anybody. Oh, but he does. I come to find out that he actually does need us. He does. He doesn't need us for him to be God. Because he's God all by himself, right? But he needs us because he built a world for us to have dominion over, to be fruitful and to multiply. So he needs us now that he created the need for us. Hmm? Watch, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out on the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of... How many of you know that Ezekiel, taken by the spirit, can you imagine what experience that was? Where are we going, God? Where are we going? Bones? Hmm? Where's Hawaii? I mean, God, the gospel's got to go to Hawaii. Here am I, <laughs> right? A valley, a valley full of bones. Verse 2, then he caused me to pass by them all around. Look at this. Watch, look over here. Look, there's more bones, Ezekiel. Look at that. Observe here. You'll see more bones. Why am I doing this, God? What's this about? And there were many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. This means these bones had been dry, had been there a long time, beaten down by weather, the sun. You know, sometimes God takes you somewhere, he opens a door for you, and you go, um, I don't know if I want to go through that threshold. <laughs> this does not look like I thought it would look. Hmm? Very dry, hopeless, the end, it's done, there's no life. Why are we wasting our time in a valley full of very dry bones? Verse 3. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Lord, come on. Of all the things in a conversation that we could talk about, you're asking me, why is God asking this? Can these 
bone. Notice he said, son of what? Man. Can these bones live? See, he's talking to somebody that he's put in charge. So he needs the man to take charge. Son of man, can these bones live? And what does Ezekiel do? He gives this classic religious answer. Oh, Lord, you know. I'm humbled by your knowledge. So I answered, oh, Lord, you know. Look, look at four. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Notice that God did not say, stand back, Ezekiel. Watch what I'm going to do. No, I need you in this with me. I need you to say things you would not naturally say when you're in a valley full of dry bones. I need you to see something that I see. But you're not going to see it if you don't say it first. It's not going to come into existence because I've made you like me and words will get this world to you. But you got to get the building material out there. That creative material called words. So say this. Prophesy to those bones. Prophesy to that dead, dry bones of a marriage. Prophesy to those dead, very dry bones of your financial situation. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, anybody standing outside watching this happen, are going to think, this is stupid. Because we like to call things as they are. It's just easier. It's so much easier to just say things as they are. Whoa, these are dry bones. But anybody can say things as they are. Anybody can report the news of what they're seeing. Right? That isn't, it's nothing special. But God is a specialist in calling things that be not as though they were. So he's inviting us to come into this realm of faith and give us words to express of our faith to begin to create a whole new world. Watch. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Wow. Turn to somebody and tell them, it's never over. It's never too late. There's always hope. Because he's the God of hope. Thus says the Lord, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Verse 6. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. You see the process here? Cover you with skin, put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. No, don't you know that all Ezekiel had was just do it? Because none of this makes sense to me. Right? But God gave me something to say, so I'm just going to say what he said. So I prophesied as he commanded, not as I reasoned. Hmm? Because he wouldn't reason that way. But because he said to do it. 
And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Woo! And suddenly a rattling. I believe if you'll do this, if you'll declare the word of God in your life, a whole new noise. Hmm? A song, a breakthrough is coming into your life. And suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Next. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. This is where you don't stop in your confession. Hmm? So far, so good. Oh, it stopped. Well, I guess it didn't work. Oh, we were on a good track. Hmm? But notice he says, he notices what's wrong. Not, not all the miracle that's got him to this place. He's watched bone come to bone, right? Sinew, skin, everything. He's like, ah, there's no breath. Hang on, Ezekiel. What he began, he will finish it. He'll finish it. Next, verse 9. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. And notice this partnership. God says, I need you to keep your mouth open, boy. Hmm? Keep that pressure on with your confession. Keep saying what I'm telling you to say. Say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. Imagine that it was as exactly as God said it would be. And they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. The door is open, and many times... Many times that door is cloaked in opposition. That's why you need faith. And that's why you need to speak what you believe. Get his word in your mouth and command your circumstances to change by the living, powerful word of God. When you got up this morning, did you expect the sun to be up? How many of you got up before the sun, sun came up? Yeah. Did you expect that it was going to come up when you got up before it got up? Yeah, we, we don't even think about that, right? The sun's going to come up. As much as movies, Hollywood, you know, pr- you know predicts like worldwide, all-encompassing, cataclysmic disasters all the time, which make for good movies, I guess. But the world just keeps doing what it does. It just keeps doing. The sun keeps coming up. The sun keeps setting. It just keeps on doing it. Why? Because he is faithful to his word. It all came out of words, and it's still going to this day. Thousands of years by, it's still there. And my family, if you did it for the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, don't you know He'll do it for you every time. Amen. If it's true for all creation, it's true for you. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for the open door that we have. God, the access that we have into every good thing from you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Your word teaching us. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have access into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Thank you 
All of your grace has been made available to us. And we access that grace by believing you. And thank you that you didn't spare Jesus, your word says. So, Lord, you will give us freely all things. Since you would give us your son, that was proof to us that you have an open hand for us. If we will simply take you at your word and believe what you have said. As Carl said, not only the God of our needs, but also our wants. The God of more than enough. Our great God of abundance. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for helping each person here today. You've given us a Bible full of living words. And I pray, God, that as your people continue to, or maybe just begin to today, apply the promises of God. Open their mouths and prophesy into their situation. Say what God has said, that they will see the miraculous working of God in their lives. It's nothing for you, God. Nothing is too hard for you. And you're on our side. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So I thank you right now for the advantage that you've given us in your promises. That if we'll be faithful to speak your word, we will see the result of that. We will see it come to pass in the name of Jesus. Your word promises us that if we don't lose heart, we don't quit, we will see it. We will reap. We will see the harvest. So I thank you for these faithful ones, God who continue to sow, continue to say what you say, despite their circumstances. You're faithful. And I thank you right now that all of this happened because Christ died for our sins. Christ was buried and Christ rose again the third day. And whoever believes on him will have everlasting life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.